Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's all play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, Aston Villa fans, and the news just keeps coming. I'm going to get straight into it that uh, Aston Villa are chasing, um, or whatever adjective you want to use, um, they seem to be really, really honing in on uh, Kevin Bassey, Rangers left back slash centre half. A bit of ambiguity as to where his best position is going to be. And uh, I just said I wanted to pop on to have a discussion about him, see how he step, how he shapes up uh, against the players that we have already, what he brings to the, what he will bring to the team. And maybe look back at him because he's a guy who is a Nigerian international now, but he was born in Italy and he has come up through the, the Leicester Under-23 Academy. And Rangers signed him directly from the Leicester Under-23 Academy. And it's a really interesting one because they, they kind of threw him straight in to the to, to the fold last season. And um, he worked very, very well with Steven Gerrard, worked well with Tom Culshaw. Apparently, Tom Culshaw was the man that really worked with him an awful lot last year because for all the physical traits that he had, he needed a small little bit of um, softening around the edges from the point of view of the, the finer skills of the game. And he had immediate, um, there was immediate payback in that. And you could see some of them within, uh, w- within his game. Um, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to uh, take a look at him. We are going to have our statistical sheets in a moment and so on. And we are going to, we're, going to, we're going to start with some of those. But I found a very, very good article on The Athletic um, whereby they discuss the potential of Calvin Bassey and they speak with um, Leicester under-23s manager Steve Beaglehole. 
And uh, there's some really, really interesting comments that he had there from him about the type of guy he is, about the type of guy he was when he was coming up through the Leicester Academy. And I do want to go through some of those because I find that they're they're very uh, eye-opening, I suppose, to the type of guy that he is, what strengths he has, what he's had to endure within Leicester. And now that he's gone on to Rangers, how he's been able to, to perform in that league. Before we talk about those, let's have a little look at what this guy actually brings to the table and what he has brought to the table over the last 365 days because he is uh, he's he's been quite good in a lot of areas. We can see there by his heat map, Rangers have preferred to play him as a left back. He does obviously slot in as, uh, as a left centre half as well. Um, two years ago, or last year, should I say, he was called upon to move into that left centre half position and he performed admirably uh, in there. And from time to time, he is... He has relied upon to to do that too, uh, specifically, I suppose, even since Steven Gerrard has left. But in this big run that they've been on this season, he has predominantly played in the left-back position. And um, we can see there that he has played, uh, and the, these are the statistics from, from who scored. He's played um, probably, you know, equal amount of time between centre-half and left-back. And he's come on as a sub 11 times as well. Um, over the course of his tenure with uh, with Rangers, uh, as I said, he's six foot and one half of an inch. Uh, he is left footed, and he is twenty two years of age um, at this time. Um, I think some of the, I think some of the the the, the points to, to to mention here is that I I've put in old head on young shoulders, and I suppose I mean that. What I mean by that is that he's not afraid. That he's not afraid to. Um, to get stuck in, he's a confident. Uh, he's a confident player. You know, you see him. He he believes that he is very good, um, which is something that actually comes across on the on the field of play, and also something that Steve Beaglehall said as well that he can be. I'm not going to say headstrong, but he he believes that he can play in certain positions, and he wants to play in certain positions, and uh, he's really enjoying playing at left back uh, because I th- that is his preferred preferred uh, position to play. Um, he's fearless with the right amount of restraint and what I mean by that is that he's not afraid to tackle his tackling statistics are really really good you can see them there, they're fantastic uh, statistics, albeit I will say that the statistics here were with, the, with regards to the percentiles that we can see here are based upon being a centre half so the tackle statistics and everything here when you're looking at those bars to the right hand side they are uh, with uh, in comparison to all the other centre halves in the top 5 leagues in Europe so he has he shows an awful lot of um of promise to move in to center half but at the moment you know as i say his numbers for being a left back are still bloody amazing as well i just don't have the comparison to them as a, a, to the the left backs in the top 5 uh, leagues in europe but i do have a little exercise i will show you in a moment with regards to how he looks in comparison to luca dean um, we can see here, look, there's a lot, a lot of, of high numbers there. His pressure success rate for a centre-half, you would expect it to be higher than most centre-halves considering he's played out on the left-hand side an awful lot. He's had quite a lot of pressures. But I think the real takeaways for this are the amount of tackles that he attempts are up in the top uh, 90%, top 89% of all defenders. But look at the amount of tackles he wins. Of 2.45 tackles per game, he wins 1.91 of those. So, you know, he when he tackles, he gets the ball. I'm 100% aware this is in Scotland. The majority of these statistics will come from the league in Scotland. But also, bear in mind, 
They come from the Europa League as well. They've had a long campaign in the Europa League as well over the last 365 days. And the, the, the statistics will be borne out there. I did try and get a cross-section of, of statistics to see. I may, may come back and I may put an addendum onto this if he does sign so that we can see what the difference is between his league statistics and his Europa League, if that's something you guys would like. I just didn't didn't feel it was necessary for this moment in time. Um, so he's got like his his defensive statistics are really good, and he likes to defend, and he he sees himself as a defender. He's a really quick player, really 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 quick player. Um, I suppose one downside from his defensive abilities is that, and and Paddy mentioned this on a previous podcast. Paddy has seen him in the flesh uh, twice, I think, um, and he's an avid watcher of Scottish football. And one of the things that Paddy seems to see about him is that he can get very grabby and handsy if people get around him. So he doesn't get dribble past an awful lot and he doesn't get uh, people don't get around him an awful lot. But he is very handsy at the moment. His positional sense may not be where it needs to be. And that's based on Paddy's own two eyes of seeing him quite often. Um, also, it ties into some some. Um, comments that Steve Beaglehall said um, uh, to the Athletic as well, which we'll get onto in a moment. So, you know, positional sense, wanting to, or, or knowing where to be, being that more instinctual is something that I feel that he will need to work on. But he doesn't commit an awful lot of fouls. You can see there, he only commits 0.38 fouls per game. And, and that to me is interesting. One slight area of concern for him is his aerial dual success at 54.3%. Um, you know, puts him in the bottom quarter quartile of uh, centre-backs within the league. But then once again, he's not tasked an awful lot with, uh, with having to head the ball out there on the left wing. But as I say, it's still you would still expect him that if he did have to head the ball, he should be winning it specifically against wingers, but he doesn't seem to be. He only seems to be winning just, just over a hair over one in every two. Looking at his passing stats as well, he's not the most accomplished passer in the world. So he's a defend first type of type of uh, uh, well he's not really he he likes to go forward too so like you can see by his by his heat map there it's just that like his pass completion rate is down is lowish uh, his progressive passes you know his passes under pressure all that kind of stuff we'd I'd probably like to see him maybe a small bit more disciplined in the pass now granted as well. When these these numbers are in comparison to a centre half, so a centre half would have, he uh, should have easier passing lanes to make. We will see that with our centre halves in a moment. We will look and see if that is true. Should I say with our centre halves in the moment? And uh, I would expect that he would have more progressive passes through the course of the um, through the course of ninety minutes than he does, based on the fact that he does play out on the left wing. Uh, on the left-hand side. So you'd expect him to maybe linking up there with one of his midfielders, maybe one of the pivot players, maybe one of the wingers, and maybe trying to trying to create attacks. So there are a couple of things there uh, that, once again, he's a young guy. He's only 22. He's in his second season of professional, of senior football, should I say. And it's something that, that uh, he will have to work on. He's physically really impressive. Um, he's physically uh, really impressive. I've put on my notes at the side there, great defensive positions and intuition. Great is incorrect. I do apologize, and I don't know how to do the edits to cross out great and put in um, and put in needs to work on defensive positioning and and and, intu and intuition. I don't know why I've put great in there. I want to I want to make an addendum to that, but I'm just not an editing genius to be able to do it at the moment. And um, but the last piece there that I wanted to mention is Gerard knows him and gave him his chance at Rangers, and I think that that is like Gerard has talked about people that can be accountable, people that he trusts, people that he knows are winners. 
um, or wants want to win. And I think that Jared is very much a man who who will trust certain players and will like to get the best out of them. And you know, considering that he's got this young moldable piece of clay that Calvin Bassey is, that is something that we should bear in mind as well. So just going back as well, I mentioned there that, that Leicester under twenty three, Steve uh, under twenty three's manager Stephen uh, Bigley Hall, I think had had uh, a great interview in the Athletic, and you can find it. You can just uh, Google it really, and you'll be able to find it. But he says he seems to think that Calvin Bassey will end up being a left uh, centre half or maybe left side of a of a, um, a back three. He says that he's a left back, but that he rebelled early uh, about playing playing at centre back. He didn't want to play centre back. Um, he regales of a tale where he didn't start the season, the season previous before he moved to Leicester, uh, before he moved to Rangers particularly well. Um, and Luke Thomas had just come up uh, to the under-23s and he was knocking the door down. And he said to Calvin Bassey, listen, I'm going to play Luke, ba- Luke Thomas in this position there. He's staying there and I'm going to play you at centre-back. Um, and a Calvin Bassey kind of rebelled against it. He said he didn't want to play there. And uh, and basically, be- Steve Bigelhall gave him the ultimatum and said, OK, then you're going to be on the bench. But he didn't like uh, what he didn't like the idea of having to move to centre half, but he did it anyway. He's a strong character. And um, and Steve Bigelhall said he was just absolutely outstanding when he went in there. Um, he gave him all the praise afterwards and said, you know, you played really well in that game that he the, the first game that he played. He was outstanding. He told him he played really well. And Calvin Bassey just said, yeah, but I still hate it. I still hate playing centre half. And and um, you know that isn't too far far away or far ago, should I say? So it's something to bear in mind that while he can play in two positions, and obviously positional versatility is is quite good. This guy sees himself as a left back, which for us uh, as Aston Villa Football Club is good because we need that versatility. We need somebody who's relishing the, the challenge to push Luke Dean in that left back position. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, uh, Steve Beaconhall also admits that he says he's still not sure whether left back or whether centre half will be his uh, his best position. Um, he feels that you know if you were to hedge his bets, that being on the left of a back three would be really good because he played really well there as well when they played him at the under twenty three level. Uh, Beaconhall says that he's as quick as anything. It's a great attribute for a centre half. There will always be a circumstance where he's the last man, and you do need that pace. And we've seen that pace. We saw it in the in the um, Europa League this season as well. Um, and he does mention that at times Calvin Bassey maybe doesn't work hard enough to get into the positions early enough that he relies on his pace. And that can be an exuberance of, of youth. Big Hall makes uh, a comparison as well to Harry Maguire, who didn't have any pace, but had really good positioning at 18, 19, 20 years of age when Leicester signed him and got him from Hull. 
Uh, they were able to get him relatively cheap because it was it was thought that he didn't have the pace to succeed, but he had very, very good positioning. And he said that Calvin Bassey is probably on the flip side of that, whereby he's got really, really good pace and he needs to work on his positioning as well. Whatever you think of Harry Maguire, Stephen B- Steve Beagle is talking about him from, from the point of view of when he was a lot younger player and when they were trying to coach him and trying to mould him as well there. Um, and he feels that sometimes, you know, Bassey is a great example of somebody who can maybe get beaten and then tries to use their pace to get back into position. And that tallies up, I think, really with what Paddy said of what he's seen of him as well, that sometimes when he does get beaten, he's relies on his pace. And if his pace is, is similar or, or less than the person he's marking, he does get handsy and that could become a, a, an issue within the Premier League as well. Although he hasn't been called for fouls on it in the, in the Scottish League at the moment. Um, if I'm right in saying Scottish League don't have VAR, so maybe there could be... Uh, it could be instances like that in the Premier League whereby he doesn't get away with it. Uh, but once again, that's all speculative as well. And Stephen Bigelow, Steve Bigelow says the same thing. He says, as you start to go up against first team in European football, um, there will be strikers as quick as you or maybe even quicker. And that, you know, you'll get away with that at under 23s football, um, but not at the top level. And you need to start thinking about your positioning and so on. And, and I'm not saying that that hasn't changed for Calvin Bassey since he has uh, started playing senior football, specifically with Rangers. But, um, you know, if this guy sees himself as a left back, he's going to need to use that, utilize that pace. And Stephen is, Steve Beaglehall is actually talking about him from the point of view of him moving towards the center half position more so than staying in the left back position. So um, a lot of what Beaglehall is saying here is is in, in comparison to what he feels he needs to do to, to succeed at, at, at center half as well. Um, needless to say, Beaglehall said he was gutted when he left. Um he, uh, you know, that 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 uh, he would have been in an ideal situation if he had stayed for that that se- an extra season or, or or another season after that, and if he was still at Leicester because he would have got a lot of game time in the Europa League. And uh, we know that Leicester had a lot of injuries with regards to fullbacks this season. And I'm sure that if Calvin Bassey was there, he would have got his t- got his playing time in the Premier League and a lot of playing time in the Premier League and in the Europa League. But he's played a lot in Europe as well uh, for Rangers and he's played an awful lot in the Scottish Premier League for Rangers as well. So his development has not in any way, shape or form been stifled from making the move. And uh, he has made the right decision in making that move to to Rangers. So let's take a little look at how he compares towards Tyrone Mings. Once again, he has more opportunities to make tackles. He has more opportunities to make to have pressures and so on. And you can see here that he uh, his statistics bear that out. He's a he's a true and true defender. Obviously, this doesn't take into account the strength of league. I am going to say it again. This is not disparaging towards Scotland. I know the Scottish league does have a lot of uh, a lot of good qualities, but Calvin Bassey would have been expected to win 99% of battles that he would have been up against somebody in the Scottish League, specifically against wingers or against strikers who pull wide. But as I say, it is interesting that these do include Europa League statistics as well. So we do have to bear them in mind and not dismiss them from that point of view also. Um, so uh, this is what it would look like, as I say, I put him against Tyrone Mings because I'm not com- I'm not quite sure if he was to come in here where he would uh, where he would offer the best value. Um, from the statistics here, he can play centre-half, and we know that he's played centre-half very, very well. So it was it would have been foolish of us not to not to put him up against Tyrone Mings with regards to statistical comparison. And you can see that he comes out positively in a lot of areas, but obviously, as I say, the aerial dual success would need to be a bit higher in comparison to where Tyrone Mings is. Tyrone Mings at 66% is still only in the, the top third 
almost of centre halves in Europe's top five leagues, and Calvin Bassey would have to get a lot braver or a lot better in the air if he was to move into cent- into the centre half position. And he would have to work on his progressive passing as well, I think, because uh, you know that is something that we if we have when we want to have ball playing uh, ball playing centre halves statistically. It needs to improve from basically, basically from where he is at the moment because his amount of progressive passes that he makes is quite low, even for a left back. Looking at him in comparison to Ezri Konza as well, it's very much the very much the same. Aerial dual success is an area that he uh, he is beaten on, um, and also uh, the fact that he gets dribble passed uh, is 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 something that Ezri Konza is in a better position for. Like. Don't take away that Kanza and Mings have been absolutely poor in comparison to Calvin Bassey. I've made all the caveats that I need to make with regards to strength of schedule, strength of league, and also the fact that Calvin Bassey, his numbers and his percentiles here are based on being a centre half, um, whereas he's played a lot of lot of games at left back. And as you can see, the reason it's centre half is because he's played more games at centre half this season, but just marginally. It's pretty much a 50-50 split. So it gives an unfair advantage in a lot of areas. Um, for Calvin Bassey, because if you think about it, pressure rates, he's going to pressure people more because he's going to have the freedom. He doesn't need to, need to be as disciplined to stay back um, and, to, and to hold his position. He can go and pressure people as well. He can get have more tackles. He's going to be tasked with having more tackles out in the wings, stop people getting past him and, um, and little pieces like that. So it's, uh, it's not a direct apples for apples comparison. I'm just very, very quickly going to run through here what he looks like with Ruben Diaz, just keeping it as a standardized piece. Um, Ruben Diaz is the control uh, player that I've been selecting for all my center, center half comparisons this season. And we can see here that, you know, the exact same areas here, aerial dual success and dribble past. It just goes to show that as a center half, he's going to need to improve in those areas um, if he is going to, uh, to succeed within the Premier League. Um, and also, we know that Ruben Diaz is one of the best passers of the ball as centre half in world football, if not one of the best, uh, the best uh, centre halves in world football. So um, it's it's quite interesting to see the, the the split in the numbers there. Now, I want to look at him with regards to Luca Dean as well. And you notice I haven't done the red and the green piece here because, uh, as I say, the numbers it's not an apples for apples comparison, I suppose, in 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 relation to a lot of things here. But what you can see is that. Um, the pressure success rates that Calvin Bassey puts up in comparison to Luca Dean are night and day. All, it's almost double scores when we're looking at uh, when we're looking at that. Um, you can see the amount of tackles he puts in, the tackles he's won. That kind of percentage is, is is an awful lot better. And once again, as I say, I'm going to keep on saying it: strength of schedule, strength, strength of league is a factor with regards to this. And when we look at his passing statistics, he like you look at the progressive passing rate here once again. He's got a better uh, pass completion rate than um, than Luca Dean, but the progressive passing uh, numbers here are, are something that you need to look at. You know, Luca Dean is passing twice the amount, over twice the amount of um, of uh, of Calvin Bassey, and if he is going to come into the Premier League, we would be tasking him with doing that, being a more attacking minded uh, fullback, and and getting us up the field a small a bit quicker. So also, I just wanted to show something here. You'll be able to see that the lines that are shown here are denoted by the um, by the colors of the players' names here. So we've got Calvin Bassey in the claret color, Luca Dean in the red color, Tyrone Mings in the orange color, and Ezra Kanza in the in the green color. And what I wanted to show here is the difference, I suppose, in in what the focus areas for an awful lot of centre-halves and, and left-backs are. So when we talk about somebody who's interchangeable for left-back and, and centre-half, for me... 
when we look at Calvin Bassey here, his statistics bear out more towards playing as a left back as well. When you look at it here based on this uh, on this graph here, you can see that his tackles, tackles one, pressures and blocks, blocks and interceptions are up there with anything that we have in the team. And once again, I don't need to say about my caveats as to why potentially they could be that could be the reason. But it is an interesting comparison to see that, look, if you're expecting the numbers for Calvin Bassey and our two centre-halves to be to be similar, they won't be because centre-halves are a lot more compact. They always have a lot more compact spider grimes like this, um, and full-backs will have a more vast uh, array of numbers that they, can, that they can put up because of the freedom that they're given to engage people and to not be as disciplined. And I know disciplined is, 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 is a word that, that can be overly used but as as a center half you do have to hold your position more and you have to be more aware of what's what's happening as a fullback you should be as well but you do have more opportunities to engage and to tackle lastly uh just to take a look at some of the advanced uh, defensive statistics of where calvin bassey does uh, make tackles and so on he doesn't tackle in the, in the attacking third as i say he's not He's not a massively attacking-minded. Uh, he does get forward, but he's not a hugely attacking-minded uh, uh, left-back at the moment or in this Rangers uh, Rangers um, team. His pressures are quite are, are very, very good. He pressures throughout the course of the whole, uh, the whole field as well. And when we look at his pass, com pass, pass completion stats, they do need to be a bit better. Um, he relies on... Uh, making high passes, which are longer range passes, you know, not passes on the ground. I think if he comes into the Premier League and he comes into the Steven Gerrard mould, that's something that he will have to work on. And it was something he was work was working on with Tom Culshaw before they did move uh, mid-season this season. So that is something that uh, I have seen read, uh, I have seen written, and it was actually in that that Athletic article as well. So it's uh he's an interesting player he's got a lot of raw tools he's got a lot of uh a lot of physical traits and physical abilities um he's done a lot of things right in his career so far and he is somebody that is worth keeping an eye on should he come to aston villa and i think initially when he does come to aston villa he's going to be a left back slash left back competition with the ability to move in center half if needs if, if needed that would be my view on it um, I don't know what price range they're talking about for somebody like Calvin Bassey. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what a fair price would be for him. I would imagine maybe somewhere in and around the somewhere in around the 12 to 15, 15 to six, 15 to 17 million mark. I, I, I couldn't put I couldn't put a, a price on him because of his small sample set. Um, at the minute, but um, I mean, no Rangers fans might be watching this and going, "Oh, we want forty million for him." That that could quite be the case. I I, I don't know, but um, uh, I don't think that I think the Aston Villa will have their their set fee for this, and I don't think they will go above it. And if they do, then move on to somebody else, and they maybe move on to somebody like an Aaron Hickey as well, another Scottish left back who, for me, is is a is a truer left back. And if we weren't going for the utility guy or the guy who's a bit more positionally diverse, I think Aaron Hickey would be. Probably, if I had to pick between the two, I think I'd probably err on the side of Aaron Hickey if I had to pick one over the other. Um, but Calvin Bassey is, still has an awful lot of plus points uh, that we can look at. He's highly thought of, and he seems to be somebody who uh, improves year on year on year on year. So wherever he can go is is basically his own. Wherever he can go within his career or over the course of his career is basically within his decision and how hard he wants to work to get there because he seems to have that work ethic and um, and uh, that that drive that the, the top players need to have. So 
that is Calvin Bassey, somebody Villa seem to be very, very highly uh, in on and seem to be, he seems to be definitely be on Villa's transfer list. Whether it happens or not, we will find out in due course over the next weeks and months. Um, if he does come to Aston Villa, uh, we'll dive into him a small bit more and we will, uh, uh, but at the moment, as I say, I will be pleasantly, pleasantly um, happy with, with him coming in. I think he's got a lot of development points that are needed to be worked on, but his natural ability and his natural uh, physical attributes are are like you, you, you can't teach those uh, and, and there is something in that that I think that we should look at and I think that would be uh, highly sought after throughout the course of this transfer window so as always thanks everybody for watching thanks everybody for listening please give this a thumbs up if you're listening to it on the audio podcast please uh, please give us a five star review and give us a written review if you haven't done so already. If you're not signed up to the audio podcast, I would implore that you really do sign up to it and subscribe to it. You can do it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Amazon Music, where, wherever you find your podcasts, you can sign up to it and just subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything to do so, and we would really appreciate it because it really helps out the podcast. So that's Calvin Bassey, somebody that are, are seem to be very, very heavily interested in. We will see where this goes. Um, but until the next time when we are back with our next transfer uh, show all the three left to say is stay safe stay healthy and as always up the villa sports social podcast network Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.